Yes, you are. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show. Hey, Cap Sherry. Sing it, girl. The there you go. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Yeah, Sherry. You taste that biscuit, girl. Taste the honey sauce. Woo! Taste the goodness of the biscuit with the honey sauce. How's that honey sauce on you? That honey sauce on me. Yeah. I don't like the way it tastes with my chicken wings. No, oh, keep it away from your chicken wings. Taste the biscuit. Thank you, Sherry. Appreciate it. Yeah, Nicely done. There you go. All right. Oh, boy. Huge <laughs> storm coming out here, Sherry. Big, 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 big storm. Really? 28 inches, or anywhere 14 to 28, high winds uh, could cause death. That's the uh, warning <laughs> from the Washington State, something or other, likely That's death. That's reassuring. So, yeah. Uh, so. Big question, though. What's the, wa- what's the water situation? Yeah. Still no water. No water. Yeah. Did you happen to No, maybe- no, I'm not going to go to the store and buy water. No. Okay. Once you make the commitment to live like a mountain man, you don't just go to the store and start buy water. Oh, okay. So you're living like a mountain man. Are you also killing your food and eating it? Uh, pasta. I'm making <laughs> pasta. All right. Um, more on mountain man living in just a bit. But first, the, uh, the Democrats there in Olympia have come up with a new idea. They want to restrict where you can have a gun. So there are certain places you're not allowed to have a gun. You can't have one in a courthouse. You can't have one in a library. They just want to sort of expand it. So they're coming up with a new law that would basically uh, restrict where you can carry a gun. Because they say, well, we, we need another law on the books. So what's the law they're proposing? What's the bill? And what would it do? Uh, it's SB 5444. This uh-huh. is... Uh, by State Senator Javier Valdez. He's from Seattle. And what this is, I guess, saying is you cannot use or carry a weapon for self-defense on mass transit. I would assume that doesn't just limit it to guns, you knives, everything else. Um, mm-hmm. And Jason Rance points out that this specifically targets law-abiding citizens disproportionately so in low-income communities because they are more likely to take public transportation or mass transit. And so, therefore, as you know, it's a, there have been many, many violent attacks uh, yes. at different places saying they cannot carry anything to defend themselves just hurts them. The criminals aren't going to listen to this. They've already got their weapons. They're ready to go. But to say if somebody else gets caught with a weapon – and I guess I guess the the objective is supposed to be on paper that this will keep everybody safer because the criminals will then be uh, also held to this same standard where they aren't allowed to have <laughs> right. any weapons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's take the criminals out of it because the criminals will do what they do, which is they don't obey laws. That's why they're criminals. So then it's all about and, and criminals are not dumb. They're it's. You want to take a chance, you know, why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is, right? So why do you rob certain people? So why are Asian women over the age of 60 so often targeted for crime? You know what the answer is? Yes. What? They're smaller. 
yes. they are are not as powerful as usually yep. the person yep. that is going to be stealing with them. And sometimes yep. they work in businesses that have cash. They ah. do a lot of cash business, so they may be right. carrying a lot of cash. Right. Good. Answer on all three. Correct. So it's an opportunity cost that you have if you're going to attack a 70-year-old Asian woman, more likely carrying cash, less likely to be able to identify you, might have a language barrier, an easy target, right? An easy target. Pretty good chance that she's not carrying, right? Because you want to reduce your cost to your action. So you attack people that are easiest to attack. You go after the most vulnerable because it's an easy prey, right? Big animal on a small animal kind of thing. If you know that the person may or may not have a gun, if there is that question in your mind, you are a criminal, you're not following the laws, you're just following the laws of the, of the jungle. If you think that that person may be carrying a gun and could possibly shoot you, you are less likely to attack that individual. True? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can look at some place like Brazil. So for the longest time, Brazil, you couldn't own a gun. No one was allowed to have a gun. Very, very tight restrictions on guns. Absolutely not. A new president comes into Brazil and says, you know what? You want to get a gun? Get a gun. And the number of people that got guns, it skyrocketed. Did the hom- So we have more people with more guns. Did the homicide rate in Brazil go up or down? Because now we had more people with guns. Up or down? Down. Down by 35%. So how did that happen? So the reason that happened is because people, criminals, were less likely to go and attack you and steal something from you because at this point you might be armed. So when it comes to the opportunity cost to them, that guy might have a gun. So when you go up to rob him, he reaches into his pocket to pull out his wallet. No, he pulls out his gun and he defends himself. This uh, Olympia, who's this person that's come up with this idea? They, Javier Valdez. Mr. Valdez, you have a problem. You, you, here's your first misunderstanding. Criminals don't care what law you pass. And secondly, if you stop me from defending myself, the criminals will say, hey, uh, Mr. Valdez, thank you. Thank you. You have done a great job of no longer keeping the playing field level, you've made it so much easier for me to attack people on buses, bus stops, anywhere else, because I know that they don't have a gun. You would like to disarm the criminal, but what you're doing is you're disarming the law-abiding citizen. That's, That's right. it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. It's over. Yep. But yet they keep pushing this idea. Let's take the guns away from the law-abiding citizens to make it easier for those that don't obey the laws to rob law-abiding citizens. John Locke, who is an economist and a gun expert, has written a book called More Guns, Less Crime. And he points to every single country, and he can show you the statistics. And he put out a bet with all of these gun experts uh, the new president went into Brazil and restricted guns. He said, now, will homicide rates go up or down? I bet you $1,000. And nobody took him up on the bet. Well, homicides dropped 35% when people got guns in Brazil. And now that they've restricted guns and they're taking guns away, the homicide rate is going back up again. It's as simple and as easy as that. But, you know, not for the folks like Mr. What's the guy's name again? Valdez? Javier Valdez. Mr. Valdez. Mr. Valdez, take my gun away and I am less likely to be shot and killed by somebody 
or more likely to be shot and killed by somebody? The answer would be more likely. Uh, Jason Rance. Uh, uh, I don't want to keep hearing comment. about this. No. This Jason, whatever his name is. <laughs> He's a troublemaker. That's who that guy is. I was just going to say that he reached out to Mr. Valdez for a comment and he did not respond. Ah, Okay, good. Well, here's an example. These guys that go around stealing cars and then breaking in and stealing stuff that they can. They ran into the, the I guess these are the Kia boys. Is that who these are? These guys are the yeah, Kia stolen criminals? cars. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So then they go to steal. They steal a car, and then they go into rob a pot shop. The shop's and- owner Ryan Johnson says his neighbor heard a crash, ran outside, and used bear spray on the would-be thieves. A bunch well, of no. the guys that had bags ran back in the car they had. They at that time they tried to take. I like this guy. Who is this guy with this voice? I, listen, to that guy's voice. Yeah. It, either that's a natural voice or there's somebody sitting on his chest. Car they had, they, <laughs> that time, they tried to take off and ended up hitting their own car, their friend's car, and that car went up on two wheels. Deputies are still looking for them, but for now, a cleanup that Johnson estimates at $25,000. Helping him pull smashed plywood from the store is the very same neighbor. Yeah, I like this guy. Here he's. It was one of spray. Marijuana Club 99's neighbors that ran off the group of would-be thieves in Kias. He heard two loud bangs, ran outside, and sprayed the thieves in the face. My friend, he was warning me that it happened to a few other stores. And then uh, when I uh, when I hear the noise, I came out, and then I have I have the other spray, so I sprayed. I asked him why he risked his own safety for his neighbor's shop. It's frustration, you know, like uh, it already happened so many, so many times. So you're sick of seeing it happen. Yeah. There you go. Good for him. Yeah, this shop had been robbed at gunpoint four or five times before this. Right, because you're not allowed to have a gun in a pot store. So why do they rob pot stores? Because there is no gun. You put up, there's no gun here. In You put a big sign in the window when everybody's a pro, a gun control guy. I always say, okay, put a sign in the window of your house that says, we don't believe in guns. There are no guns in this house. And if you put that in the window, you are basically saying, come on in and rob us. In the UK, they have hot home robberies. A hot house robbery is, it's happening during the day. People go in with guns and rob you. Why? Because they know that the government has already robbed you of your ability to defend yourself. You know, you don't see a lot of people walking up and robbing cops, do you? You don't see anybody around here in Cleelum. People walk around with sidearms. They've got them there on their hip. You think someone's going to walk up and rob somebody that's got a gun on their hip? No. Because as soon as you walk up, you've got a gun, you pull it out and you point it at the guy, give him your wallet, the guy reaches down his side and bang, shoots you. People don't rob people that have guns. So take away the guns, you take away the ability, or at least the question in the mind of the person who wants to rob you, that guy have a gun? Does that guy have a gun? What if that guy's got a gun? I had a friend of mine got robbed like five times in Philadelphia. He was not, he was a lawyer, hated guns, the whole thing. He got sick and tired of it. He bought a gun, walking home past the art museum over on 21st Street. And these four kids get off this bus, come up and go to rob him. Because he looks like a total nerd, which he is. And as they go to rob him, they don't have guns, but they've got knives. Or One guy had a knife and they're threatening him. He said, okay, hang on, hang on. I'll get my wallet. Hang on. He reaches in. He gets a gun. He puts the four of them on the ground, on their knees. And as he said to me, Curly... 
I'm not a violent person, but I had just completely lost it, and I tortured these kids while they were on there. I just stuck the gun in the mouth. I stuck it in their ear. I stuck it in their head. I tortured them. I tortured them with this gun. Nerd virgin. It, he was he was really freaked out wow. by his own behavior yeah. because he said, I just got to this point that I got tired of being the victim and I wanted them to feel what it, he goes. He didn't hurt them, but he scared the hell out of because I wanted them to feel what it was like to be victimized. So I victimized them with my gun and they were shocked when I didn't pull out my wallet, but I pulled out a gun. And now, he takes a very big chance because you say when you pull out a gun, you have to be ready to use it. But he said, I just I just tortured these kids and I made them cry. And, 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 he and goes, he's I, also like a totally different person that he was normally being. He's since, since moved out of the city. He's moved out somewhere else. But he got rid of the gun. But, you know, they, they picked on him because they didn't think he had one. Yep. And uh, the hard part also is that you don't know what those kids nowadays, they'll turn the tables on on the whole situation and the kids will suddenly be the victims and say, that they were tortured, they were this, they were that, and then this person mm-hmm. is up uh, ha- has some sort of culpability in the whole event, and they didn't. They are completely innocent. Yeah, this this uh, this bill won't go very far, or maybe it will, and then you'll just have more more gun laws and higher crime. I don't know why we did that. We passed all those laws. We get new laws all the time. They said they were going to reduce crime. They don't reduce crime. Um, uh-oh, look at this. People aren't happy about the fact there's poop coming out of their sink. This woman says that sewer water was overflowing from her sink for the past few days, and it happened inside this apartment. You can still see the brown water inside the sink. And she tells you that she was not the only one affected by this. Guys, this is literally what's happening in my apartment. Brown water is overflowing in this apartment. <laughs> it's coming down like rapid fire. Right. It was- Temple Jackson was home working when she says her sink erupted. Screaming, help, help, you know, like and it was just coming up everywhere. And it was just uh, poop, you know, and, and brown water. Jackson says that maintenance workers tried fixing the issue on Friday, but they couldn't because the pipes were frozen. And that the temperatures would have to warm up significantly in mm-hmm. order for this to be fixed. I don't want to touch it, but... Jackson says that she called Thrive, the company that manages the apartment, and asked yeah. to stay inside a vacant unit while the issue gets fixed. And they said, you guys are on your own. So he said, what we can help you with is the hotel cart. We've had to move everything out. So she moved all her stuff okay. in the hallway and uh-huh. asked her neighbors for help. But I have a dog. I'm 59 years old. I have some health conditions. And her neighbor, Alex Claus, who lives right uh-huh. below her, also smelled a horrible situation. Okay. I looked out here and I see water pouring down through the lights all over the counter, all over my stuff. He says he also reached out to management, but no response so far. He's now worried about his health. It's awful. I mean, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. Um, no one should have to live um, in these conditions. And as the frigid mm-hmm. conditions continue to impact many people, both residents here are searching for answers through the uncertainty. I have no more strength. I haven't eaten. I haven't showered. In West Seattle, I'm Louis Tran, Cairo 7 News. Mm, yeah, coming up from the sink. It's always weird to see water come into your light bulb. You ever seen that move? <laughs> it was like a no. water problem, and all of a sudden your light bulb was full of water. <laughs> 
It's always like, I, huh. I could. I, like if a that science happened, project there. Oh, huh? Yes. If that happened to me, I'd have to move. There's no way I could deal with it. I'd have to, yeah. There's not enough, you know, hand sanitizer in the world to get me through something like that. Even if you liked your neighbor and you knew that it was your neighbor's poop? <laughs> no. Gross. No. Okay. All right. No. Oh, you, I'm sorry. Thing. You just judge your own dog's droppings. But, oh, your neighbor's? <laughs> oh, nothing to do with that. Oh, here, eat some dog food. <laughs> it really works. It's a solid choice. <laughs> Gee whiz. Come on. Hey, guys. We're in news. We're Cairo Radio. We have a legacy. Oh, go ahead, laugh, Sherry. <laughs> All right. Every once in a while, big, big cultural phenomenons occur right in front of me, and I just let it go right on by, Sherry. Me too. Right on by. The Stanley Cup thing, I don't get it. The Stanley Tumbler, these... It's a. It's just basically a plastic thing that holds water, and it's got a straw in it. Do, I think they do. They originate in Seattle. Were they actually created in Seattle? Travel tumblers. Everybody's thirsting for. Yeah, made by a Seattle company. This is uh, November twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. The travel tumbler everyone's thirsting for is made. The Seattle company Stanley has been around since nineteen thirteen. But then the it took of course TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Had to it, get one. it yeah. was mostly used by construction workers because it's very, very durable. It holds a lot of water or a lot of whatever beverage you want, and it can keep it very cold or very hot. Uh-huh. When I was in New York for Thanksgiving, my sister-in-law was driving me back to the to the hotel or wherever we were staying, and and I hear her call her husband, and she, she he was at Trevor's mom's house, and she says, oh. um, "Hey, I, I I left Stanley there. Uh, can you bring him home?" Oh. Now Trevor's father was named stanley he's dead uh-huh. and i'm Ooh. thinking oh what wow Jeez. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> what you're talking about here. yeah and then she saw me kind of look at her and she goes oh you don't know about stanley's no i don't i i had no idea and this I, 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 evidently it's beyond just being a really good cup it's a collector's item now in that people there's a limited number of them and they, and they they everybody wants one well what they they went in 2019 they sold 73 million in 2023 uh-huh. they sold 750 million mm. and they're pretty they're stylish they're a status symbol and if you don't have one and you've got you know some knockoff cup it's Uh-oh. not good enough not going oh. not going to work yeah, like that mom that went on TikTok and crying about her nine. I don't post a lot of controversial content on my page. I usually like to keep things pretty fun. So this is going to be fairly controversial. So everybody, just get ready if you got youngsters. <laughs> get ready. There's, There's nothing more controversial than a Stanley Cup. With that being said, I'm going to keep this pretty short and sweet. Okay. This is the cup that we got our daughter for Christmas. This is not a Stanley. This is a 9.98 Walmart cup that she said she thought was cute. He is nine years old. On the second day back to school after Christmas Uh-oh. break, she comes home. She's not crying. She's just upset. The girls, uh-huh. all the other girls in her grade, I'm not saying all, maybe yeah, she said nine, ten of them, all got Stanleys for Christmas. And they made sure to let her know that this is not a real Stanley, that this is fake, and it's not as cool. 
Okay, so then she says, I had a problem, I felt bad, but then I was going to buy my daughter, were they like 20 bucks or something? I was going to oh, buy no. my daughter one. Nope. They, they go up to, if you buy, buy it new, depending on which one you get, the quencher, the ice flows, or the water bottle, uh, they are about 45, 35 to $45 for the low-end one. But okay. if you buy one now that's one of the like the exclusive ones, they're going on eBay and places like that up to $240. But it's just a cup. I know, but it's a status thing, and it, and it's it, it's a limited edition, so they only make a certain amount. So if you wanted the periwinkle blue, uh, they don't they don't make billions of them. So oh, I didn't get that one. It's you know it's a whole oh, so thing. people collect them as well. So you collect them. Yes. I see. Okay. Well, that makes sense now that you want to collect a bunch of plastic cups. Well, that makes far more sense. The woman goes <laughs> on to explain that she then she broke down. She did buy her daughter one. She said, you know, parents, we need to teach our kids that, you know, it's not that important. Listen, we were growing up, you got bobos. Like other kids got sneakers and sneakers are just were sneakers. But my mom didn't want to spend any money on the stuff. So then she would get us regular. We wouldn't get Converse All-Stars because they were too much. So we would get the bobos. Bobos, they cost $1.99. Bobos, they make your feet feel fine. Bobos. And then they would mock you for wearing bobos, which was the name, the nickname they gave for your crappy sneakers that were a knockoff of the other sneakers that you could possibly get like Converse All-Stars. And then tough skin jeans. Mom wouldn't get the Levi's. Oh, no. Too expensive. <laughs> you got the tough skins from Sears, from Sears. that were, like, made of, like, vinyl oh. and something you couldn't run in and, them. And cardboard. And cardboard. And if you did run in them and your thighs happened to rub together briefly, there would be flames and heat and smoke because these things were made of, like, Teflon and asbestos and other stuff. The tough jeans, you couldn't break through them. My mom goes, I'll buy you a new pair. I'll buy you a nice pair when you break the, when you rip the, the, the knees nice. out of these. Yeah. So my brother and I would run and then dive onto the ground and try to skid and break the knees on them so we could get regular ones so we weren't made fun of because we had the bobos and the tough skins, even though we lived in a giant house and my dad made tons of money. My mom refused to spend any money on us. She talked us out of buying warm-ups. Remember warm-up suits? They were really popular oh, yeah. in the 70s. And you <laughs> yeah. had the stripes down the side. Yeah. Remember those? 1974, 75. And the jacket. Oh. My mom, we went to we Wayne's Sporting Goods store, and there was a whole pile of them there. And all of our friends had them. And my mom goes, hey, come here. So she calls my brother and I. Hey, guys. Hey, you know what? Only sissies wear warm-up suits. I'm like, what? Yeah. Sissies, like sissy, like sissy boys, like, like, you know, girly boys. Only girly boys wear warm up suits. And we're like, really? Because, like, there's a lot of kids at school that wear them and they're not sissies. <laughs> no, 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 no. Only sissies wear those. You don't want to wear a warm up suit because you're telling everybody, oh, I'm a sissy. I'm a baby. I'm a little baby sissy, sissy baby. So you don't want to wear, you don't want to wear a warm up suit. And she just, she just, you know, brainwashed us. So then we'd see anybody in a warm-up suit. We're like, huh, look at that guy over there. And he's sissy. Sissy baby. Sissy baby. Because he walked, walked around in our tough skin jeans. Yeah. And I remember like later on, like 20, 10, 15 years later, hey, mom, remember the Wayne Sporting Goods store? You told us only sissies wore warm-up suits. She goes, yeah, that worked. I really, I avoided having to pay 25 or they were expensive, like 50 bucks for a warm-up suit. Did you have one, Sherry? No, because I wasn't athletic and I wasn't going to wear a warm-up suit. But the guys had them. I, oh, I yeah, they didn't did. really wear them that much. You know, they they wear no. them more now, not 
that particular thing, but they wear mm-hmm. more, you know. Yeah, uh, I know. I know. Leisure, whatever you call that. Right. But the stuff. mom is upset. This in this case, this mom so, is upset. She comes home, she's upset. She asks if she can have a real Stanley. Hold the line, mom. You don't have to buy her one. It's already broken down for her. She already bought her one. But listen, for all the kids out there that have bobos and tough skins and knockoff cups and stuff like that, so what? You know, just hold the line. You don't need to yeah. spend the money on the thing. I don't know, because when you're that young, that's your whole world. That's everything, is what the friends think of you and how you fit in and how you don't fit in. I mean, it seems ridiculous when you have a, a greater worldview and you've grown up and you're like, who cares? Because you wouldn't do it now. But for a kid, that stuff is, that's it. That's what they base all of their self-worth and their judgments and all kinds of things on are these little things that add up or don't. Well, for adults, too, apparently, I'm sitting here watching, there's a video of a guy who jumps over a counter at a Starbucks and a Target because they had pink ones, apparently. Yeah, there's and, a Valentine's Day Yeah, he, one. he grabbed a whole box of them and tried to leave, and normally, you know, nobody's... Was he met- wearing a warm-up suit? <laughs> he's, he's wearing some <laughs> joggers. Baby. But the, the customers subdued him. They grabbed, they wouldn't let him get away. Of course. Meanwhile, there's a guy <laughs> stealing a big screen TV yeah, and people cares. are holding the door for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how these things take off like this. There's that great story, uh, the great book by Malcolm Gladwell on Tipping Point. And he talks about how hush puppy shoes, nobody was wearing hush puppies. They only sold like, I don't know, 3,000 pairs. And then all of a sudden, a guy that sees trends gets a pair. Then he, and it, Malcolm Gladwell walks the person through it. The guy that sees hush puppies buys them. Then he tells a connector, that's a person who like knows a lot of people about them. The connector tells the sales, the categories of people, tells the salesperson that's a person who's really into trends and telling other people about it. And then all of a sudden the next year, hush puppies went from like 3,000 pairs to all of a sudden like 70,000 or 100,000 pairs because they became cool. What takes off and becomes cool. He documents all of it in uh, Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point. You ever read that book, Sherry? Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, although it's it's a little dated because I think what they're what that would be now is an influencer. Right. They would they yes. would be, go on TikTok with their thing. And the other thing this article points out is that uh, health and hydration are status symbols. So not oh, right. only are you carrying this giant cup around, but oh, that says I'm a really healthy person because I'm hydrating all the time with a cool right. Cup. Put that in your book. Yeah, put it in your book. So my brother said my dad made it through 65 years of his life never drinking one glass of water. (laughs) (laughs) We never water. Come in from playing basketball out in the backyard, 110 degrees in Philadelphia, drinking milk. (laughs) Or Fresca. Oh, that's better. Okay, thank you. Alright everybody, if you're driving, uh, keep your eyes on the road, but look at your right hand. Is your index finger longer than your ring finger? If the answer is yes, if the answer is yes, then hit a rim shot. If the answer is yes, then you're okay. For those of you whose right hand and your index finger is actually shorter than your ring finger, then what does that say about that individual, Sherry? And should they go just check themselves into a hospital or into prison right now?
A lot of people have this, but uh-huh. it is more likely uh, to have this if you happen to be a psychopath. Oh. Um, they they did a research study and they found that they, they had people with psychiatric issues and then they had people that didn't have psychiatric issues. And they found that the ones that did have the shorter index, I'm sorry, the, the, the index finger is shorter than the ring finger. What, uh-huh. And also people with that particular trait... Uh, yeah, um, are highly <laughs> likely to have what they call the dark triad. And oh. those are highly socially discouraged attitudes, namely Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. <laughs> so, yes, um, they're thinking that this happens in utero and that the baby gets much more testosterone than it does estrogen. And therefore uh-huh. it makes that finger, uh, the, the other finger longer. And so <clears throat> they also find that people that are more athletic have this, that oh, are more okay. aggressive. They're very <laughs> oh, okay. aggressive. Good. All right. Um, Good. Yeah. So they said, don't worry about it, but just be aware. I, I guess so- if you're, the, I guess the somebody, upside of being a narcissist, yeah, the upside of being a narcissist is you're, you, you're really into self-care, um, can take care of yourself, right? You're not asking other people for anything. You're pretty much singularly focused upon yourself, and um, that can be a good thing. You don't need, <laughs> that's really not worry the about. That's not the definition of a narcissist. A narcissist isn't someone that's just taking really good care of themselves. A narcissist is someone that cares about nothing but him or herself and therefore will use anybody to get to that, that point where they feel like they're the one that's off. <laughs> they have to always be... See, yes, you're, see, here's what you're doing. You're looking at the downside. I'm looking at the, let's say it's, you know, some guy named Bill who's in a narcissist. It's like, hey, should we go check on Bill? Oh, Bill's fine. Don't worry about Bill. Bill Bill looks out for number one. That's Bill. Look at his finger. It's shorter than the other one. <laughs> that guy's all right. But then there's other people that have the really long finger. They're always like, oh, look at my long finger. They'll come help me. You know, I don't, I, don't, I, I need help. You know, that's, those are the people that. Not like Bill, who's got the short finger, is a narcissist. Bill's not afraid that- to boil snow to get water. That's right. <laughs> I am fully committed to this, and it's going to get worse. And I try to get a. I don't want to borrow my friend's generator, and mine's all messed up. So, because I think tonight, tomorrow is going to be really bad. Yeah, are you going to make it on the air tomorrow? I'm a little concerned. Oh, I will make it on the air if I have to hollow out a few coconuts <laughs> and then talk into those like the. Like the uh, professor of Gilligan's Island, make my own radio, yeah. uh, leftover garbage cans. Don't worry about old <laughs> Bill over here, no. the narcissist. I'll Bill be fine. The dark triad. <laughs> I mean, if I, have to, if I have to kill someone to go on the radio yeah. tomorrow, I will. Okay? You will aggressively pursue that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, not, and not worry about anybody else's welfare. And I'm yours. very sporty. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Good to know. But that sort of throws things off. But how about everybody's fingers like that? Who has no, the they're f- not. Index? Let me see yours. Pulled yours up. See? Oh, yours is real. Yeah, you yeah. real. Oh Big my time. god, you you oh, really. Shut up. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to kill you. 